there's the Frank Ocean song where he's like feeling like Heck, Stanley, Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> this is some visionary shit. <laughs> Okay, well, hello. Welcome to the podcast. This is Type on Paper. It's got double meaning because we're going to talk about books, and books are type on paper, but we are also avid Love Island fans. And if you watch Love Island, you know that everyone is everyone else's type on paper. I, for this week, I know what Shannon read because that's how we even started this podcast is because she told me she wanted to talk about this book. Um, For the friends and family members who do not know... I am a public librarian, and Maddie works in publishing, so we are both childhood friends and also current industry enemies. True. I want her to go broke. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What we actually want to talk about this week is spooky books. Yes. Because we're hoping you're listening to this on or near Halloween. Yes. Hopefully on Halloween. Listening to podcasts is a Halloween tradition. Yeah, true. (laughs) True. Gathering around the fire with your family, <laughs> putting on a podcast. While you're not putting trick- on the first episode of a new podcast. While you're not trick or treating or taking your kids or siblings trick or treating because of COVID nineteen. True. You can listen to listen us. To a pod- talk um, about scary stories. Probably listen to a podcast in costume. You True. Know, really get in the spirit. Just dress up and like hang out in your house. <laughs> what else Just are you gonna vibe do? in your kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Maddie. What did you read? Should we talk about books? We're gonna talk yeah, about yeah, my yeah. book first. Um, I want to know what your book is because I don't know what it is. Okay. I know what my book is. Okay, I do know what your book is. I read The Haunting of Hill House. I wanted to read The Haunting of Hill House. By Shirley Jackson. Here's the tea. It's not that good. I heard it's really different from the show, which I loved. I have also not watched the show. I want to watch the show. Reading the book, my impression of the show was like, okay, they just took this idea of like a spooky house and ran with it and like didn't stick to the actual book, which I wouldn't blame them for because the book's not that interesting. Mm. And so the Shirley Jackson I really want to read is We Have Always Lived in the Castle. I have read We Have Always Lived in is the Castle. Is it good? Um, okay. I liked it, but I feel like some people love it, and I didn't, like, love it, but I feel like you would like it because it's kind of, like, literary fiction. You okay. Know? Like, it's beautifully written. Mm. Okay. Haunting of Hill House book version because I have not watched the TV show and you I guess you can tell I me I have watched the TV show I've loved the TV show I'm gonna watch it I really want to watch it but I I always do this where I'm like I'm not gonna watch the show because I want to read the book first and then I never read the book and then I'm like years late on the TV show hence Haunting of Hill House you're not that late because the second season, I know Blind I guess, Manor. just came out but if I were really smart I would have also read Turn of the Screw but I didn't and I thought Don't about worry, it I've done it for you as well. Um, read Turn of the Screw? Yeah. I want to read it also. Um, I read Turn of the Screw. I'm only two episodes into Bly Manor, but it seems like they're doing the same thing. They're just mm. like a spooky house. Moving on, Hill House. Bug Hill House. Um, so, it follows Dr. Montague. He is a, like, paranormal investigator. He's, like, ghost hunting. So, he rents out this big abandoned mansion called Hill House. Which is, this was always a joke on my campus when I was in school because the freshman dorm is called Hill House. Um, Fun. Yes. So when Haunting of Hill House was, like, coming out on Netflix, we were all like, oh my god. (laughs) That place haunted? Um, probably. (laughs) So I lived in Hill House my freshman year. Um, but, so yeah, Montague rents this mansion. He's like, I'm gonna go look for ghosts. He contacts, like, a whole bunch of people who he knows have had experiences with, like, 
the paranormal with like weird things i don't know how he comes up with this list of people or like how he contacts them but he writes letters to a bunch of people and like of course these two hot young like 30 something year old women who have happened to like have encountered ghosts or something get his letter and they're like yeah i'm gonna go so there's eleanor i think her last name is vance she like supposedly had like an encounter with a a ghost when or like a spirit when she was young and then there's theodora who supposedly like there's like some telekinesis shit going on with her i think Okay. They really don't go into, like... The show's, like, similar, but they're siblings in the show. Oh, they're siblings? They yeah. don't know each other on... Oh, that's weird. So, like, correct me if I'm wrong, also, because these details in the book are kind of, like, dropped. Like, they mention it, and then it goes in away. In the show, at least, Theo, they called her Theo. Yeah, they call her Theo in yeah, the book, too. Theo's thing was, and like... Yeah. She, like, could touch people and, like, get, like, their She, thoughts. like... What's weird is, like, in the present time of the book like she doesn't like nobody has any like actual supernatural ability mm. i don't you i also just so, the, like you don't know if it's like made up or not yeah and you don't know if it's the house or not which yeah. is like really the, the the tea of the book or like main moral which i think goes well with your book which yes. did you already say what you read no or? i read the okay. shining it's oh. a pretty deep cut stephen king book yes um but you might have heard of it <laughs> i feel like these the arguments or the the big questions of the book relate in because it's like is it cabin fever or is it like is the place actually haunted Haunted? like is it actually something supernatural or is it like just a solely psychological thing um but so it's theo nell eleanor or nell dr montague and this guy luke he's an heir to hill house and so he's hosting them for the summer dr montague Eleanor and Theodora. Um, so they're chilling in Hill House for the summer. Literally for the first 50% of the book, nothing happens. Nothing happens. It's like, it's like, the best way I can describe it is like, it feels like Scooby- Street vibing. Like, yes, it feels like Scooby-Doo. Like, like a ragtag group. Like, I imagine them in like turtlenecks, like particularly Eleanor and Theodora, like being like- jinkies like <laughs> running all over the house being and then dr Montague's like here's a library where like a little girl who used to live here once apparently hanged herself and eleanor's like that freaks me out and theodora's like calm down like you're being dramatic you're being dramatic um so also the entire time like as it goes so basically they're like exploring this house nothing's really happening as to my knowledge they're not investigating anything they're just like <laughs> eating meals together Luke and Dr. Montague, like, play chess sometimes, and Eleanor and Theodora, I don't know if this is the tea in the in the show also, but, like, there's something going on between them. Like, they are in love. It is- Well, they're sisters. Oh, right. In the show. Oh, my God. In the book, they're definitely not sisters. They're gay. In the first day of meeting each other, Eleanor's like, she's stunning. She's beautiful. Like, they're, like, frolicking in the woods behind the house, and they're, like, she, she's lovely, she's beautiful, she's, like, there's, like, a, a whole scene where Theo paints Eleanor's toes, and she's, like, my Ew. feet, she's, like, my feet are so gross in comparison to Theo's, Theo's lovely feet, I'm, like, ew, but it's homoerotic as hell, and there's, like, a brief moment towards the end where, 
Eleanor and Luke have been, like, they had, like, a private moment alone. Nothing happened. They just, like, chatted for an hour. And Theodore is, like, Theodore. Theodora is, like, teasing Eleanor. And she's, like, are you going to run away with him when this summer is over? And, like, Eleanor just has this, like, internal monologue of, like, if I ask her if she loves me, like, everything between us will change. And, like, they're gay. It's, like, yes. It's confirmed by the end. At the base, but the first 50% of the book, you're, like, What's happening here? Are they here? just friends? Are they just friends? And, like, Eleanor's, like, conflating everything for, like, having known her for, like, two seconds at the beginning of the book. She's Love. like, oh, my God, she hates me. She hates me. Oh, and the entire book, she keeps telling herself, journeys end when lovers meet. That's, like, she's like, it's gonna be fine. Journeys end when lovers meet. And so I'm like, okay. Okay. Yeah, and you're kind of like, okay. Um... So that's the that's the gist. But then, of course, second half of the book, weird shit starts to happen. Um, also, the tea with Eleanor is she's like super insecure. When I was first reading it, I thought she was like twenty or twenty one. She's like thirty two. But her background is that like she spent the past ten years like being the sole caretaker of her like very disabled, very sick mother. So she's damaged. And she thinks her mother's death was her fault. So she's damaged, damaged TM. First, they, her and Theodora are hearing, like, banging in the house. There's, like, what else do they find? Like, Theodora finds her clothes all, like, what she thinks is blood and Eleanor thought was paint. And she's like, someone's messing with me. Um, it's, like, all this weird stuff that's, like, not that scary. <laughs> they, like, find writing on the wall. And, and, but what starts to happen is, like, I think you start to feel like it's only Eleanor who's, like, seeing spooky things or hearing mm. spooky things. And so the other three, and you're in Eleanor's perspective, so you don't, like, really know what the other three are thinking about her, like, seeing her name being written on the wall and, like, hearing her mother in the hallway at night or, like, hearing children mm. whispering her name and, like, it's, like, weird shit. Um, and the others just, like, start to gaslight her, and they're like, you wrote your name on the wall. It was you. And Theodora's like, why are you trying to scare us? Like, stop. It's not funny. It's not cute. And Eleanor's like, I'm not doing anything. Like, you guys are trying to scare me. You guys are isolating me. And her whole thing is she's like, I feel left out. Um, so, like, at the beginning, she shows up, and she's like, wow, look at me with all my friends. I fit in. It's so nice to fit in with people. And then, like, throughout the book, she's, con like, constantly being like, don't say that. You don't want them to ostracize you, or don't say that. You have to fit in. So, what I'm getting is Hill House is essentially a novel about bullying. Like, Hill House <laughs> is a clique. <laughs> like, yeah? The thing that you don't really know is it's like, is it the house, or is it people? Eleanor? But then it's, like, there are things that happen in the house that they all experience. Like, they all hear this banging um, early on. Like, when they first hear... The old heat. When they first hear the banging, it's just Eleanor and Theodora. And then Luke and Dr. Montague come back saying that they saw, like, a dog in the house. Or, like, a wolf. And they chased it out of the house. So they didn't hear the banging. So then they come back and they're like, maybe the house is trying to separate us. Oh. It's, like, some weird shit. And then Dr. Matu's wife shows up one time. And she has a Ouija board. But she always calls it, oh, my God, what's the name of a planchette? 
she calls it the planchette not the planchette she just calls it planchette and she's like planchette isn't speaking to me because you guys are all being cynical like um i have used a planchette I have in once in my life, and it was with you. Oh, hey! Honestly, it was a formative experience for me, coming straight out of Catholic school, making a new friend. I, we weren't even friends at that point. I was just in your house. <laughs> <laughs> and then we immediately used a Ouija board, and I was like, Sister Mary's gonna come for me. It was a glow-in-the-dark Ouija board from it Toys R Us. It's like, I don't even know. But, so I guess to go back to Hill House... Uh, Mrs. Montague is saying that she's hearing the spirits say Eleanor's name. And Eleanor's like, why are they singling me out? And the other, like, it's really Theodora. I think the thing that sucks is that, like, Eleanor's in love with Theodora. And Theodora is, like, fully gaslighting Eleanor and is like, why are you being such an attention whore? Like, why are you being such a baby? Why do you always have to be the center of attention? And Eleanor's like, I'm not. I'm hearing weird things. It's freaking me out toxic i know like real toxic i guess like the thing at the end is eleanor and theodora are like wandering around the woods at night you know but they're not like frolicking happy in love this time they're like we're spooked um and they see this like picnic with like kids and and a mother and theodora basically like screams and grabs eleanor and is like you have to run um and she's like don't look don't look at it so and you never know what it was that was there that Theodore was running away from. And that's, like, most of the book. It's, like, things happen and, like, you don't know what it is. And it feels like Eleanor is being, like, blocked from knowing what's going on around her. Like, the others are, like, conspiring against her, but they're not. So then the others are, like, Eleanor, this seems to be getting to you in a bad way. And they're, like, you should leave. I don't know if I should reveal the end. Like, I don't know. Do I spoil it or do I? I don't know. Your podcast spoiled the end. I don't know. Okay, spoilers ahead. I don't know. Skip spoilers like ahead. One yeah, minute. I guess skip this if you don't want to hear. But so they're like, Eleanor, you need to go. Oh, I forgot a crucial detail. Hold on, I forgot a crucial detail. Towards the end of the book, Eleanor starts telling Theodora that she wants to live with her when the summer's over. She's like, she's like, Theo, I'm I'm moving in with you when this is all over. And Theodora's like, no. She's like, we came here, we met, we had a great summer, we became friends, we'll write to each other, we'll stay in touch, but I'm gonna go back to my life and you're gonna go back to your life. And Eleanor's like, I don't have a life. Yeah. She's like, I live alone, my mom died, like, I don't have a relationship with my sister. And then, like, Theodora says some really mean shit. She's like, are you always so, like, set on going where you're not wanted? And it's some okay. shit. I know. I was like, damn. So, whatever. That all that whole thread also ends up getting dropped. Like, that never reaches a resolution. Um, They still have not investigated anything, by the way. They, like, never investigate. No investigating is happening. They're just, like, fucking around this house. And, like, they keep trying to open <laughs> doors, and the doors all end up closed. And, like, that's and the... And they're like, huh, interesting. And they're like, how did that happen? Um... But, so, they all tell Eleanor she needs to leave because Eleanor keeps hearing things and, like, about her and, like, hearing her mom and seeing her name on the wall. And she's like, there, someone's calling out to me. I don't know. They're like, so leave. They basically are like, you're losing your grip on what is reality. So you need to go because you're going to go insane. Um, and so she leaves and, like, for a, she has, like, a lucid moment where she's like, okay, I got out, I'm fine. Like, I'm out, I'm gone, I'm leaving it behind. And then, her, spoiler, her car crashes into a tree, and she, she dies. dies. And that's it. And that's the book. What? I know. What? It's like the, so, 
that's a worse ending than the show, which, spoiler, um, ends, should I tell you? You haven't watched it. Yeah, you can tell. Okay. okay. Um, I just realized that. Um, the show ends, like, the house was haunted, and the ghosts oh. are there, and they're just chilling. And the show ends with, like, all the ghosts are, like, friends, and they're just like, bye. Oh, we'll that's very you. American Horror Story, like, um, what's the first season called? It's, like, a normal, house. like, suburban house, but it's yeah. haunted, and, like, the people who've died there just yeah. hang. Yeah, um, like, essentially, that's what it is. Yeah, but now I don't remember what it's called. Murder House. Murder House. You know, you find out people are dead, like, have died, and they don't realize that they're dead yeah. in the house. Yeah, okay, it's, like, like pretty similar. Like, that. Yeah. like, you don't know who these ghosts are. They're not characters in the book. Like, mm. there's really, like, three or four big moments of, like, creepy things happening in the house, but it's not, like, they're consistently, like, afraid of something. Like, it's, like, perfect timing. As soon as they all go to bed, they hear banging, and they're like, fuck. There's one moment where, like... everyone knows that ghosts actually only exist at night. That's (laughs) well-documented. Like, it's not that scary. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm finding that with a lot of horror recently because i wasn't super into horror because i convinced myself like i am a chicken Um, (laughs) and then honestly i was inspired by the hill house tv show because i loved Mm. it and i was like i want to watch more things like this i want to read more things like this that like kind of like literary like ambiance like when i was reading the shining i was like this is like one of the scariest books in like history yeah history (laughs) all time yeah um and it wasn't I feel like I find it hard to draw the line between gothic and horror. Yeah, yeah. I took, like, this a gothic, fiction, gothic class. fiction Yeah, I took a gothic fiction class, um, and my professor was always like, oh, gothic is a mix of horror and romance, like, capital R, oh. like, romantic, like, that kind of, like, era of writing. Um, yeah. And I feel like he really has a point to it. And even if you take lowercase r romance, like, the Theo and Nell thing, like, yeah. I feel like there has to be, like, an element of, like, desire. Yeah. Um, no, that's totally true. I feel like it definitely would fall under the umbrella of gothic fiction rather than full-blown horror. Yeah. But I feel like this is a good segue into yours because I feel like what people seem to think the most compelling thing about it is, is, like... Is it Eleanor's own psyche, or is it the house, actually? Which I think would, okay, to bring politics, I think it would be scarier (laughs) at, like, a different point in history, but I feel like we're so used to being gaslit all the time (laughs) that, like, not knowing what's real and what's fake isn't scary anymore. Because it's like, I don't know what the hell is going on ever. And this book, I think, came out in, like, the late 50s. Yeah. So I'm like... This is, there's an essay in this, as my, one of my favorite professors would say, she would be like, yeah. there's an essay there, if I were like, at the time, there this was, is like, scary, everything why? Everything was much more black and white, the communists, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this segues to you. Have you seen The Shining movie? Only bits and pieces. Okay, because I recently watched the movie, like, in quarantine, so. I learned is... after, Stephen King hates Yeah, he movie. does hate the movie. Yeah. This is, like, a good, a good swap, because I've never read the book, but. <laughs> yeah, wait. You haven't seen <laughs> the movie. Twist. Little twist. I I okay. love the movie, but anyway, go ahead. Um. Okay. So The Shining, I think, does fall into horror more so than gothic. But and this was my hot take that I was telling Maddie I wanted to talk about. I do think it's like 
uh to use as a genre a great american novel mm. because i think at the heart of it it's really about economic instability <laughs> oh he loses his job right yeah he loses okay so the main character jack he loses his job because he like threatens a student he's an alcoholic oh, um he's like going through a lot um he's just like a generally bad guy who like most of it's from his perspective so like he sees himself as like a good guy who's like had a rough life Mm. um but he basically like threatens a student um do you see that in the book because you don't it kind of drops you in in the movie to like when he shows up he literally starts with like him interviewing for the job but then it goes back to like why he needs it and Um, you like don't don't really know what he did to the student but you know he's been fired yeah Um, you know that much and you know it's because of something that happened with a student um so you can imagine like, <laughs> what you think happens. Um, but he doesn't have a job, so he's forced to take this job that his friend and fellow alcoholic um, I love that. <laughs> hooks him up with um, up at the Overlook Hotel, like babysitting it for the winter. Um, but he goes there to make money. And also, he's trying to, like, repair his family relationship and get clean, because him and his alcoholic friend, Al, um, (laughs) hit a bike, like, while they were driving drunk one night, and they both, like, had this reckoning where they were like, oh, that could have been a kid, like, we could have murdered a child. This does not happen in the movie. Um, (laughs) Weird. Um, and so they're like, okay, we're quitting drinking, um, and that's why Jack's on edge and whatever, um... But, like, while he was drinking, he also broke his son's arm at some point. So his wife oh. and son are, like, kind of afraid of him. So yeah. he's like, if we all go to this hotel, I'm going to rate my book. I'm not bringing any alcohol with me. Like, we're going to be a happy family and live in this hotel. So he has this, like, dream, the American dream. Of if you will. being, like, prosperous, living in this house with his loving wife, his beautiful son. Yeah. Um, whatever. But his son is a spooky little bastard. Um, and he... <laughs> has The Shining, which means he's, like, he's an empath. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's an empath? (laughs) He, like, feels what other people are feeling. Um, So he immediately knows, like, something's up. And the cook at the hotel, like, befriends him. And he also has The Shining. So he's like, this kid knows something's up. So he tells the kid, like, never go into the room, uh, 293, right? Whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and, like, stay clear of these areas and whatever, and things are going fine. But then... This is another one of those things in the movie that's, like, touched on for, like, 0.2 seconds. There's, like, there is that one scene between the cook, chef, what, whoever he is, yeah. like, a caretaker of some kind, well, and I think they, Danny. He's the chef, but they... It's, he's the chef, but they call him the cook because he's black. Um, oh. So he's not respected. Oh. Um, What's his name? He has a name in the movie, I think. He does have a name. Does he have a name in the book, too? Yeah. Uh, Dick Halloran. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but, no, the kid and Dick, like, hit it off immediately, and Dick's like, if you ever need me, like, shout for help, like, in your head, um, and I'll hear you, and whatever, whatever. Um, so the kid, like, has this knowledge in the back of his head, but everything's, like, fine. But then it, like, turns into the same thing as Hill House, where it's, like, you don't know if the house is haunted, or maybe Jack's, like, really going through it because he's like an addict and everything yeah um but he starts like i don't know freaking out um and the kid's freaking out because the kid's like seeing ghosts and like he's convinced that like there's this woman in a bathtub in the room who's like gonna kill him that was scary that was the scariest part of the book in the 
I'm not even remembering if Danny sees her, but there is like a creepy woman in a bathtub in the movie, but it, it's Jack who sees her. Oh. It's not Danny. Yeah, no, in the book it's Danny because the cook told him like never go into this room and the kid's like, <laughs> the kid's like convinced that like nothing could hurt him because that's what Dick said to him. He was like, oh, nothing can hurt you. Like they're just fake, but like just in case don't go in this room. But the kid like needs to prove it to himself that nothing can hurt him and they're just like ghosts and whatever they can't touch him so he goes into the room and the woman in the bathroom chokes him out um this does not happen in the movie <laughs> and the mom's like convinced that jack did it um oh. and he's like i wouldn't do that whatever whatever and like t- while you're reading it you're like no like the woman in the bathtub choked out your son but then you're like but maybe she did it oh my god um because Jack becomes convinced that the house is trying to turn him against his son because he like reads these old papers in the hotel that like previous caretakers have killed their sons in the house and like the movie so drops this like (laughs) father-son situation (laughs) like yeah because I feel like that's what made it very like is it real or is it that feels I don't know if you read it and or saw the movie but we also watched Dr. Sleep which is like adult Danny. I didn't because I'm not ready for Danny to be an adult. It's much more about like Danny's trauma from his relationship with his father. Stephen King said that Stanley Kubrick like kind of got rid of that element of any element of Jack actually being like a good redeemable person. Yeah. And like cast Jack Nicholson who can play insane so well. So, like, from the beginning, you already think that he's crazy, and it gets rid of, like, any possible idea that it could be the hotel, and you think that it's just him. And, like, yeah, and Stephen King famously didn't like that. And in the movie, that's totally the vibe. That's what makes it... You're like, this guy's insane. Like, within the first two minutes, you're like, this guy's crazy. Yeah, he's got, like, a crazy look in his eye, always. <laughs> and you, like, don't really know what his thing is. It's just that, like... The Kubrick stare. He's insane. Yeah. Yeah, no, the book is very, like, sympathetic to Jack. Um, in a way, I yeah, didn't expect not. it to be. Because, I mean, you read about this guy who, like, may have killed a kid and, like, punched a student and broke his son's arm. And, like, you don't want to sympathize with him. But then at the same time, like, he brings his family to this place because they need money, and he, like, won't let his wife and son leave, even though he knows it's, like, a dangerous place for them to be, whether it's cabin fever or ghosts, mm. um, because he's, like, we need the money, and, like, his wife's, like, super afraid of her mom, that's, like, a whole other thing, so, like, if they left, like, they wouldn't have enough money, they'd have to go live with her mom, and he's, like, I don't want to do that, mm. and, like, she doesn't want to do that, um, so it's, like, you do see him as, like, a guy who just wants to do the best for his family, but is failing miserably at every turn. Yeah, I know Stephen King also, like, critiqued the wife in the movie because he was, like, she, like, just screamed the entire time and, like, had no depth. Yeah, <laughs> the wife in the book was always, like, I'm going to leave you, I'm going to leave you, and then she'd be, like, oh, never mind. <laughs> this wife would never have even dreamed of saying she was gonna leave him. I think she just cried and said, Jack, a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, he, the wife in the book, Wendy, I think. Yes, Wendy. Wendy hates Jack. <laughs> she, like, deep down I think she's him. mostly scared of him in the- yeah. Actually, I think that she's only scared of him and, like, wants to There is, to like, an element him. of that where she's, she like, afraid him of him because happy. he, like, broke their son's arm and whatever. But, yeah. like, 
she does not like him because she, I think she, like, resents him for, like, making them live off the grid and, like, mm. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, like, taking her, like, losing his job and taking their family away and whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it ends where the ghosts are real, question mark. Oh. Um, because, like, things start going crazy. Like, the whole time Jack's been, like, hearing these voices, um that were apparently like the last caretaker and like a party that took place at the hotel yeah this is a big part of the movie yeah too. um and like they like try to convince him to kill his son or like bring his son to them and whatever um so then he's like goes crazy and he's like chasing his son around the house and he's like i will bring you my son like the house wants the son whatever um and then the son screams out to dick halloran who books it up from miami um <laughs> to colorado he gets there in an impressive amount of time um he saves them kind of um and then the boiler explodes with jack in the house and they die so i can see why danny has trauma in the sequel yeah <laughs> yeah I feel like maybe it's because she's trying to... I don't remember if in the movie he's really, like, dead set on getting Danny or if he's really dead set on killing Wendy because he, like, is going after Wendy for, like, a good 30 minutes of the movie. (laughs) He, like, is chasing her with an axe and... Going after her. Like, real... And she locks him in, like, a meat freezer. Yes. And, like, he's like, I'm really hurt, Wendy. You need to let me out. And Wendy's just, like, crying the entire time. Um, it's scary. But, like, she, I think she tells Danny to run. And they get yeah. out the window into the snow. There's also, like, a huge There's snow a huge drift. snowstorm so no one can come and rescue them. And they're them. in this maze. They're yes. in a maze. And what's his there name? There was, like, garden animals, like, hedge animals that were, like, chasing them. Oh, that doesn't happen in the movie. <laughs> But they get out on, like, a snowplow, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I picked it up because I was like, I want to read something spooky. Oh, and I feel like I've read the Kennedy King book. I haven't, and I want to. I loved it. Um, mm. But I was like... But you love the Kennedys. <laughs> it's good. Unironically, it's not scary at all. No, I didn't think it was. I it's, like, it was romantic. Like, oh, interesting. Like, he, like, goes into the past, falls in love. So that's Maybe my Maybe we read JFK books, and you read <laughs> Libra by Don DeLillo, which I love. And you read... And okay. I'll read 11-22-63. Yes. That's okay, a good it's idea. Good. The show with James Franco is not as good. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. But I really do want to read that book, and I love... I read Libra in school. It's... From the perspective I have of Lee Harvey Oswald. Noise in my overdrive I have white noise forever. Also, I haven't read that and one I either. Keep pushing it back because I haven't been in the mood, but it keeps coming back and being like, "Your hold is ready." I've literally been reading, meaning to read that one since my freshman year of college after I read Libra, and I haven't, but I will. Um, people stand him. Oh, what I was gonna ask you was so in the movie at the end, there's like a pan over like old pictures of, like, old caretakers and, like, party guests and, like, and things, and you see Jack Nicholson's face in one of these old pictures from, like, 1930, 40-something. Oh. And, like, the, I guess the vibe is, like, I don't even, it's, you don't even really know what it is. It's, like, has this, like, caretaker person, like, like, is he, like, immortalized by the hotel? Is he, like, Oh, that's weird. Is it, like, a spirit that's possessed this, like, that will always possess the caretaker? Or, like, since Jack is the caretaker, like, I don't know. Is it, does it always take the form of Jack, Jack Nicholson? But, like, is this, per, like, is he, did he even exist outside of the Overlook Hotel at all? 
The Shining movie is trying to do something very different than The Shining book. Yeah. Like, Stanley Kubrick is, like, trying to scare the shit out of you, like, in yeah. the, like, in a visual sense. I feel like Stephen King's trying to make you sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sad in a scared There's, way. There's, like, the famous scene where Wendy sees all this, like, gallons of blood coming out of the elevator doors. Yeah, that didn't happen in the at book. The host- yeah, and, like, I, I... kept waiting for that. I was reading, like... And it has, like, no purpose in the movie. It, like, doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Like, she just sees it. Oh, and there's also, like... Okay, wait, does this happen in the book, too? There are, like, weird undertones about, like... Like the genocide of, like, indigenous people, and, like... Oh, yeah, but it's not touch... It was, like, very brief. It's very lightly grazed. They're like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, this is... By the way, this is about the fact that... It was an indigenous graveyard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But then I think they say, like, in the book, like, haha, what is an indigenous graveyard out here if we were awful? Like, yeah, (laughs) it's it's like... like, Well, that's kind of true, I guess. They, like, make that point in the movie, like, very mildly, but then it's, like, what does this have to do with Jack and Wendy and Danny? Like, yeah, it does. I guess don't it's just, really, like, like, a reason for the house to be haunted because everyone guess. knows. But then I'm, like, is that problematic for us thinking that, like, are haunted? That was, didn't that happen, what movie is that, where I think it's a burial ground? In Poltergeist, I think? I feel like that's kind of a trope. It's, like, a whole gated community that's built on top of, I don't know if it's a Native American burial ground, but it's but, definitely a burial site. Like, it was a cemetery, and they just built on top of it without moving the bodies. Um, okay. <laughs> Can I jump? Yes. Um, in a middle-grade book I read this week, um, because I am reading middle-grade books about ghosts this week, um, I learned that an entire neighborhood in Chicago is built on, like, a graveyard that sunk. There was, like, a storm. That's so um, creepy. And it, like, the river, whatever, lake, Lake Michigan. Is that the one? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know Chicago. We're not from the Midwest. Um, Lake Michigan, like, flooded oh and, like, God. took out this whole, like, graveyard. And then when the lake receded, they were like, huh, that sucks. They have no idea who's buried there. They, like, tried to pick up, like, as many bodies as they could and oh, replace them. Oh, my God, that's horrible. But they didn't have many. And then they just built this, like, nice neighborhood on top of it. But now when they dig out to, like, find, like, build, like, I don't know, Starbucks's or whatever they're putting there, like, occasionally they find bones. <laughs> That's so creepy. Maddie, have you ever seen a ghost? Have I ever seen a ghost? No. Do you want to? <laughs> um, I did not believe in ghosts because my childhood backyard was a cemetery. So I was like, oh, okay, if the ghost wanted to get me, the ghost would get me. But then in college, I lived in a converted psych ward, and it was not converted. <laughs> they just, like, changed the sign on the front. Uh, Bellevue Hospital, um, which is notoriously haunted. And, like, the first mm. three years I lived there, nothing. And the final year um i started seeing shit oh um and hearing shit nothing malicious Mm. but just you know i'd be like brushing my teeth in the bathroom and i'd like see a girl come into the room and like no one would be there oh my god um or like i'd like hear knocking at my door that was like so clear i'd like open the door and like no one was on either side of the hallway anywhere when i went to summer camp there was like a story about the ghost of harriet who used to live like at the camp, like, when it wasn't a camp and, like, when it was, like, a family's real? property. Like she was a real person? She's a real person. Okay. You have a picture of me at her gravestone. Oh, my God, I do have a picture of you. <laughs> you do. Grave, so. There's a picture of me for when I'm, like, so a, a common little thing to do is, like, there's a tiny little graveyard off camp near the campgrounds. And so it's always, like, a fun thing for the counselors to take the kids to, like, go see Harriet's grave. And, like, there is a grave for, like, a young girl named Harriet 
whatever. So the story, the lore about her is that she used to live where, like, my summer camp is. I think there are different iterations of the story. The story as I know it is that her sister pushed her down the stairs in the building that, like, is our camp office. It, like, used to be their house. And then there's a well on our campground that's, like, sealed up. But at the time, it, apparently, it wasn't sealed up. And she threw her sister in the well. And that's Harriet. And Harriet haunts... Not the one who threw her... Killed her sister, obviously. Harriet the one who was in the well? In the well. So... Wait, and, so did she really die as a child? Like, yeah, she was young. Yeah, she, like, definitely is a child that died. Oh, my God, that like, is scary. Like, there's a spooky picture of her on the gravestone. And it's, like, a young girl. Like, I think that Harriet, whoever, like, has made up a story about Harriet the ghost, like, is based off of this Harriet who's in the- who's buried in this graveyard, but mm. I don't know if she's, like, the ghost of the... Camp Tapawingo, but, like, there are definitely stories, and it's cool to ask because people have heard different things from different people about Harriet, and, like, of there course. are songs about her, <laughs> but what's creepy, like, I- I never was like, oh my god, I'm gonna see Harriet. Oh, Harriet has an Instagram. I follow Harriet's Instagram. It's <laughs> quite funny. I don't actually know who the mastermind behind this poor child. Harriet's Instagram this poor is dead so child. funny. But uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, like it's just being in a like, completely remote place in Maine with like no electricity and like wood cabins and yeah, that's bugs right like, for a haunting. It's just like I would be freaked like walking through a dark building by myself at night because there's also like no lights there's like you're basically at the overlook she's dark yeah so like i like someone could be like two feet behind you and you could like not see them Ugh. like it's very I eerie love, i love light pollution that's yeah my yeah hate. i'm here for light pollution there's no it's so freaky it gets so dark i'm like the most afraid i've ever been like walking at night was when i was visiting my cousins in arkansas and there was like no lights so whatsoever dark. and i yeah. was like i know everyone in all these houses has a gun and my cousins were like come on trespass oh um, and i was like i'm gonna die like I'm if you don't die. have a flashlight in like remote we parts didn't of have Maine. a flashlight because we were saving our batteries to play pokemon go oh my god <laughs> so i guess long story short do i believe in ghosts no, but do I got some ghost stories? I guess, yes. I think I don't believe in ghosts, but I would actually like to believe in ghosts. It's nice to think that our loved ones are never really gone. I think They're that we're ghosts. both cynics and don't believe in <laughs> afterlife or spirits or... Um, once again, I'm a Catholic school girl. I'd like to. So ghosts. I feel like that's honestly kind of a good end point. Yeah, I feel like we... We talked about books. We decided whether ghosts are real or not. We have a definitive answer. Is it our type on paper? Uh, The Shining is my type on paper, Um, and if anyone who is listening to this that I haven't already talked to in person (laughs) has any read-alikes for me, please let me know. Yeah, if or if anyone has, so I would say- books that are not like Hill House. Hill House was not quite my type on paper. I just feel like I wanted more from it than what I got, but it might also just be a product of its time. I don't know. Maybe in the 50s, if I was a 50s housewife, maybe it would really scare me. They're like proper mates- but <laughs> it's not a type on paper. Yeah, no. Um, but I'm glad I read it. I feel like I participated in culture. I've a been phenomenon. To, a phenomenon. I've been meaning to read it. So I'm glad I did, but on to the next. On to the next. Um, so um, yeah, we let's will fade out. Fade out. We'll be back in a week with, with new books, new theme. New themes. Which will be announced next week. Yes. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Bye.